The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. It's time to get the weekend party started. This is Easy Talk Live, featuring your host, Eric EZ Zuli. This is the place to be if you're all about promotion, celebrities, and social media. We'll hook it all up for you with fun, facts, and fascinating talk. Now, here's your host and the main man, Eric EZ Zuli. Yeah, all right, Eric EZ Zuli in the his ass. No, I'm kidding. What's up, Easy Talk Live, guys, on Voice America World Talk Radio. I'm Eric Zuli, also known as Easy, as your host today on the show with my awesome co-host, Shay Vaughn. What's up, Shay? Oh, my goodness. I'm so glad to, to be here because I want you to know that I'm kind of like sitting, you know, with the fan on and air conditioning, and uh, so it's kind of comfortable. Oh, I know. I, I hate you with all every passion, every ounce of hate, hate I can have, uh, as well as all the listeners. I'm jealous as heck because I, I had my air conditioning on. I was good. I was straight. But, you know, when, when the show starts, you can't have that sound in the background. So I'm I'm an incubator temperature right now. What's going on with that? It's, it's, oh, it's, my. It's, so you, guys, you, guys may, you guys that are listening may think that it's awesome to be a host and be a personality and stuff, but sometimes it's not. <laughs> right now I am boiling. You should see the sweat dripping from the forehead. <laughs> but uh, yeah, today today is going to be an awesome show. we got a really awesome guest. I mean, I was really blessed. And actually, Shay, you're the reason our, our guest is coming on the show today. Do you know why? No. So you were I the reason that we went to the uh, California Women's Conference. And we oh, met our guest. At the, yeah, we, yeah. We, we met our guest at the California Women's Conference and yes. Lee Grande Green he's uh I mean th- who gets the chance to interview and get to know and, and get some some secret sauce you know from from someone that was uh with Oprah for that long you know the senior per- previous senior producer for the Oprah Winfrey show a four-time Emmy winner now a media consultant and I mean you guys you guys will hear everything about him when we when we do his intro but who gets the chance to have something like that on the show? I'm I'm surprised he even accepted. You know, <laughs> I know, isn't that great? And he's going to have some great stories to share. Oh yeah, we're going to learn a lot. I, I'm we're I'm going to learn a lot. I'm I'm beyond it. Uh, you know, excited to to interview him because I'm going to learn a lot. I mean, what he does ultimately is he's a media consultant. I mean, uh, he he advises. And empowers uh, authors, innovators, speakers, media. You know, I mean, someone that I mean, he's responsible for. From I, I, from my opinion, I mean, if you're a senior producer, mm-hmm. I mean, he's not just a producer; he's the senior producer of the Oprah Winfrey Show. That's that. That is pretty cool. Um, so, hey Shay, you wearing your uh, your Hilo? You know what I am, and you know, I just have to tell you the heart rate, the blood pressure, the you know, even the breath rate. And the thing I love the most is the mood and energy. Remember we were talking a little bit before? You were saying, yeah, oh, yeah. my gosh, I need a boost, I, you know, my energy. And, you, and then when you told me about turning off the, and I had to kind of push that to you this morning when you, you know, when you talked to me. But 
and turning off the air conditioning, and you're going to be sitting there with less energy than you ever have before. I, I know, yeah. The, 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 yeah. I, I'm losing weight. Uh, this is one of the best ways to lose weight is just do a radio show in, in, in the, the heat. Uh, but yeah, in the steam yeah, yeah. But I want to go back to the, to the uh, helo because, you know, step count and, and so much more. I mean, it's just, it's just awesome. Oh, definitely. This is, and to, this is a health fan that, you know, for lifestyle that everybody, everybody, well, it's, it's a, it's a, don't know it's, about it, they need to. Yeah, it's a digital health game changer, honestly, when, when fourth quarter comes out and they can measure blood sugar level and, and repel mosquitoes and, and uh, everything that this can do. I mean, this, the, the, the guy that did the iPhone 5, 6, and 7 created this. I mean, it's going to keep upgrading. I know. Uh, the, Toshiba is a partner on it. If you guys want to know more information, you can go to Eric Zuli, E R I C Z U L E Y dot com forward slash Hilo, H E L O. Um, and so today's show is also brought to you by 24 uh, 7 Smart Life. 24/7 smart life and that's uh the you know like the king king and water machine they do security for your home they do uh uh you know pain relieving cream uh, they do they do everything, man. I mean, and that's that's an awesome sponsor. They sponsored us with a fifteen hundred dollar machine. I've been drinking water all day today, and and I, I hope I can make it through the show. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. You just if you if you're gone for any period of time, I'll jump in. <laughs> Thank you. Well, that's why it's awesome to have a, a, a celebrity co-host like yourself. And so, yeah, today's show is brought to you by 247smartlife.com. And uh, we're going to be giving some gifts away to uh, to the fans. Uh, and we got a gift for our for our guest. And you guys can call in. We're going to be doing some samples. And anybody that wants to call in, please, please do. Call in to 866-472-5788. Tell us where you're from and why you're listening, who you are. We want to get to know you. We definitely want to get to know our fans. And so today's show is going to be pretty awesome. You know, you, we, we appreciate everybody that's on social media. It's it's a it's a live radio show. It's an archive podcast, and then it's all about social media. So if you guys could share this show, if you could share the wealth, if you could share the share the share the love, we we definitely appreciate it. Appreciate you guys. And we like I said, we got a gift for you. So if you go to easytalk.live, you'll see the phone number that you call in, and and then our guest to our our sponsorship uh, featured guest today will be giving you the phone number. Uh, around probably 145, 150 into the show to how you can get your, your free gift. But uh, yeah, man, we, we, we got today's guest. This is going to be really awesome. I know everybody is uh, uh, waiting to, to hear from him and, and, and learn from him. And, and uh, we got some amazing events coming up, some fundraisers that you and I are going to be hosting. You know, actually, let's talk about the show, Shay. You and I are going to be co-hosting a real special show that has to do with panelists and influencers. This is going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be so much fun because um, I think we're the first to do it. And any time that you're out there doing something that's different is so appealing. Everybody's going to jump in to, to want to see it. Oh, yeah, is exactly. And, and, and it's going to be a live stream show where uh, we're going to have some of the top influencers between you and I. We know some pretty amazing people. And, and, and the audience, the fans are going to be able to ask any questions they, they want and learn for free. I mean, how cool is that? That's like you—you you just don't get that, and it's going to be a regular thing on the on the women's broadcast television network of all networks. Thirty million viewers on Voice America on Easyway TV. So that's something that you guys you uh, have have to expect. You know, that's going to be coming out here pretty soon, and and so we're going to go to a quick commercial break. Uh, then we're going to have our guest Lee Grande Green, and. Uh, this is this is just going to be amazing. This is, we're going to learn a lot. So, uh, love you, Shay. You got, got a great lineup. You got a great lineup. 
I think a lot of it's because of you. I, I got so many influencers wanting to be on my show now. Ever since they found out I partnered with you, I mean, I, I, I can't maintain <laughs> it anymore. So, <laughs> but I, love you. I love you guys that are listening, guys. This is Easy Talk Live on Voice America World Talk Radio, the Variety Channel. And I'm your host, Eric Zuli, with Shayvon. We'll be right back. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. tuned in to easy talk live to get in touch with the show call us now at 1-866-472-5788 that's 1-866-472-5788 also drop easy an email at easy talk live at gmail.com now back to easy talk live Hey guys, all right, we're back. Second segment. This is where we bring our awesome guest in. But before we do that, I want to also say happy birthday to a couple birthdays out there today. Kevin Bacon, happy birthday. Melissa Carey, happy birthday. Nelson Rockefeller, happy birthday. Billy uh, Crudup, Sophia Bush, and Wolfgang Puck, and everybody else, happy birthday if there's any birthdays out there I missed. But those are a couple special birthdays we wanted to acknowledge. And, uh, man, I'm, 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 I've been hosting for a long time. I've been hosting for a real long time. I got I got Vince Vaughn's mother on with me. I mean, we got power. But the guest today, I don't know, I got a couple butterflies, Shay. What do you think? We got we got, we got got the, the, the previous senior producer for, for the Oprah Winfrey show. I mean, he that's what that's a pretty big show there. So we got to be on our P's and Q's here. You ready? <laughs> I'm ready, I'm uh, we've got we've got power going now, right now. Exactly. So, so engineer, we can get a little bit of easy way music behind me. Uh, at low, we're gonna go ahead and tell tell who our guest is. Lee Grande Green, and turn turn the music down a little bit more because we want to make sure we hear this. Lee Grande Green is a four time Emmy winner and the former supervising senior producer of the Oprah Free Show. A seasoned television executive with 25 years of broadcast experience, he's worked very closely with Miss Oprah, with Miss Winfrey for nearly a decade before helming several nationally syndicated television projects. A graduate of Princeton University, he's also the recipient of the NAACP Image Award for Outstanding News Documentary. I can't talk. Document. It's too hot. I can't talk. Documentary. Documentary. <laughs> 
As a digital media consultant, he's advised empowering, and empowering authors, innovators, and speakers in the field of self-help and personal development. There's a lot more to know about Lee Grande, but without further ado, let's bring him in and talk to him. Welcome to the show. I, I keep saying Lee Grande. Lee Grand. Lee Grand, welcome to the show. <laughs> yes, that's correct. My father says Lee Grand, my mother says Lee Grand, so it depends on who I'm talking to. <laughs> yeah. well, I'm glad I was able to, to introduce you at the end properly, but um, it, it looks like Lee Grande, but uh, yeah, welcome to the show, man. Really appreciate your time and coming on today, and I'm glad because of Shavon, we ended up meeting at the California Women's Conference, and you know, I met you with my friend Tony Boldy and, and Cin- uh, Cindy, and uh, you know, I just talked to you, and 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 you were just like a regular, humble, just real, real person, you know. And I really appreciated that. So I'm looking forward to getting to know you more. And I'm sure my fans and listeners, and Shay's listeners, and every everybody that's listening, is uh, looking forward to getting to know you more. Welcome to the show. Well, thank you so much. And I missed my birthday was yesterday, so I'm glad I'm in this this illustrious people who are celebrating <laughs> birthdays this week. Oh, well, happy, <laughs> you got a big, easy way, happy birthday there, man. I'm glad. Uh, I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah, uh, we we missed it, but it's better late than never, right? That's true. That's true. Exactly. So, I mean, hey, man, you know, tell us, tell us your story. You know, like, how did you meet Oprah? How did it all happen for you? How did it start? Oh, I'll tell you the, the semi-short version. Um, when I was at Princeton University, it was my senior year, and um, I had was um, interviewing for a job which I didn't want, which was for a local television station in Seattle. And they asked me if I had any television experience. And then I told them, well, no. Um, I said, the only television experience is that, is that I was a grand champion on Wheel of Fortune, which was actually true. I won $20,000 worth of prizes at, um, on Seattle, I mean, on, at, on the Wheel of Fortune, a car, trip to Hawaii. And because of that, they flew me out for an interview to work at a local television station in Seattle called King TV. And I worked there for three years. And my boss at the time just happened to be the best friend of Oprah's executive producer. Um, that was Deborah DeMeo at the time. And so Debbie flew me out for an interview, and lo and behold, I got the job. So I started there in 1990 as the as associate producer. I was the youngest producer on staff. Wow. And from that point, over a number of, I'm fast-forwarding here, over a period of about seven years or so, I rose to be the senior supervising producer, which basically means that you are number two. Um, in the ranking, you're right under the executive producer. So here I was like 28, 29 years old, running the Oprah Winfrey show as one of the senior supervising producers. So um, wow. it was a you know, great, that's the short version. And of course, it's a lot of intricate details in between. I'm sure you're leaving version. out a lot of great <laughs> details, but, but, but hey, congratulations on that. So, I mean, what was, what, having a life like that, I mean, were you like really behind the scenes or did people know about that? Because I'm sure everybody every second wanted to meet Oprah through you. Well, actually, I will say that um, I always say this to tell my story. I was a poor black boy in North Carolina. <laughs> That's how I was raised. Uh, my mother was a secretary. My father was a uh, fireman. Um, and so, you know, I had three brothers. And so, you know, we, I had a full scholarship to Princeton. So, I mean, I worked for what I got, but I was not used to wealth or fame or any of that stuff. Um, I was exposed to it a bit at Princeton um, because literally my, my, my next-door roommate, our next door, living next door to us was Brooke Shields. The book was in my class of 87. And I got to be around a lot of rich people um, at Princeton, a lot of Rockefellers and that, of that sort um, that were going to that school. But still, I, I escaped there not thinking much about fame or money or any of that. And television, working with Oprah was so fantastic that, you know, when you do work there, you forget that 
it's the Oprah Winfrey show. I mean, you're just doing your job day to day. Yeah, totally. And and uh, so you you've had a promising career. You you you're a four time Emmy winner. I mean, tell us about yes. the 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 path of going down that road. I mean, the fir- I mean to get one Emmy is enough, but four time Emmy winner. Congratulations on that. Well, thank you. I like to tell a story. Um, <laughs> when um, my very first Emmy was, I think it was ninety three, ninety four. I can't remember the exact year, but I remember my uh, partner and I at the time. Um, we were so happy to get that I won an Emmy. I um, mean, for anyone, when you see an Emmy, they have big, it's a gold trophy of like this woman's holding up a globe and she's got these wings. Um, but at the bottom of the trophy, um, when you get it, it's, it's blank. There's nothing there. What they do is they send you a cylinder um, name plaque that, to attach to your trophy. Now, the trick is you have to unscrew a bo- um, something at the bottom of the trophy and you put the plaque on and fish very naturally. But my partner and I did not know that so we literally just broke, broke the, the cylinder and put it on with scotch tape because we were so <laughs> desperate to get it on. So I had this Emmy, my first one, which is actually my most treasured one. It literally has scotch tape on it to this day. Uh, and I look at it each time and I just smile. So that, that was the, the nature of the attitude I was going into that. So, you know, I, I, I still had some of my um, North Carolina roots uh, <laughs> in my personality, even though I was working at the Oprah Winfrey Show. But, no, to get an Emmy is a, is a, is a wonderful thing. To win four is, you know, unbelievable. Um, for me, like I said, it was always about the work. Um, and I'll never forget something that Oprah personally told me. I remember asking her one day, um, we were sitting in a room, I think it was just the two of us, and I asked her, what does it mean to, what do you think producing means to us, or what should we be on the lookout for? She turned to me and she said, I'll never forget, she said, my name is on the show. She says, but you are the voice. The Mm. producer is the voice of the show. Because what people don't understand is what television producers do. Film producers are different. But in television, I, people always ask me, well, what do producers do? And I, this is the answer I always give. Producers do everything but produce the host the show. You don't see our faces, but we find the guests. We find the topic. We research the topic. We fly yeah. in the guests. We supervise the crew. We find a videotape. We do the tape. We do all of that. So that the yeah. person who does the show can shine, um, and, it, and that's in the show. That you know, and I'm sure your producers, um, Eric and Shay, do a lot of work behind the scenes. I mean, it's a lot of work to get these oh, shows yeah. on the air. Oh yeah, and it's I know everybody else is work. listening I right now. Jump in. It's a ton of work because I think people really need to understand. They think that you know, being a producer is just you know that's a that's an easy job. It's anything but. And the biggest thing to it is they don't realize the amount of hours. A day yeah. put in. That's the. I mean, just unbelievable hours. To make and it the look easy. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's a yeah, lot of it's work. A, it's, it's a lot of work. Did you live in Chicago then? I did. Okay. I did live in Chicago then. Yeah. yeah I, 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 let's talk more about Chicago because it's known for cold snow and like cold weather. And right now I'm dripping with sweat right now. I'm like an, it's like an incubator in here. And this is what I'm doing for you, man. Lee grand. Like I'm, I'm dying right now. I'm sacrificing, you know, in this hot heat with no air conditioning to make sure that the, the, the show sounds good, but yeah, more Chicago. I remember the snow. And the cold <laughs> well, I, I grew up, like I said, I grew up in the South. So I grew up in, you know, humidity and heat. I am not a cold weather person, but 
it's interesting because um, after I left Oprah, I lived in Miami Beach for many years, and I love living on the beach. That was my favorite thing in the world. Ocean breezes, cool air. But Chicago, interestingly enough, it never the weather never phased me because I look at it this way: you basically had to leave the house and go to work, and you had to get back home, you know, and, and you were never really out in it. And it's not like the crazy weather you get in Minneapolis or you know up in Montana or that kind of crazy, really, you know, double digits negative every day in the wintertime. Um, but no, I, I just you know, just dealt with it. Never thought about it. Well, I want to get everybody that's listening because we, we're we about our fans. It's a very engaging show. So if you want to ask Lee Grand a question uh, today, you can call on 866-472-5787. So Lee Grand, let's get into a couple talking points here. Um, you've overcome some objectives, uh, some th- some depression, some obstacles. You want to talk about that? Sure. Um, like I said, I mean, this is everybody. We all have um, obstacles to overcome. We all have lessons to learn. I think my biggest lesson in my life was that because I was so successful so early on, um, and I, I look at, I have great, great compassion for a lot of the young kids who get famous really quickly or get resources very quickly because a lot of them are, don't have the most emotional maturity to handle it. And I would throw myself into that category somewhat because I had all the success. Look at me, I was, I was a producer at the Open Winfrey Show at 26. You know, I'm a 26-year-old, you know, one of the most high-powered producers in the country working for Oprah. Um, and I just thought at that point that everything would always go along that way. But what mm-hmm. happened was that I got burnt out. Not, I mean, it's about eight, nine, ten years. I was burnt out, was very, um, I only way I can put it is very uh, condescending to people. Um, thought, you know, thought that, you know, I, well, I, I could do no wrong. You know, you know what they say, you know, about be careful what you do on the way up because those, you'll meet those people on the way down. Um, I was so high and mighty in my own mind at one point. I remember I flew on Oprah's plane a few times, on our private plane a few times. And I remember one time when an assistant came to me and handed me a first-class ticket to go somewhere. And um, I threw it back at them, and I said, oh, I don't do commercial anymore. <laughs> like, I, I, I'm so wow. big deal. I mean, yeah, that, that was me. I looked back. You know how you look back at your life and you go, was that, did I really do that? Yeah, I really did that. And so there was there was a level of condescension and um, a level of superiority, which I think is was. In, anytime you see that, that's someone's masking a lot of insecurity. Or Lee, Lee Grant, I have to stop you really quick because you you said a secret word. You said, "Did I do that?" You said the phrase, so I got to hear you do your Steve Urkel impression. <laughs> oh, I, I don't even think of that. Did I do that? <laughs> Did I do that? <laughs> Did I do that? <laughs> <laughs> keep, keep going with your story, please. Well, uh, point being that what happened was I came to a point, and this was after when I left Oprah, I, I took a job um, at NBC in New, in New York, I was making more money. I thought it was a you know lateral move to make you know to to, to run my own show, um, and, I, and I had a penthouse apartment overlooking Central Park in New York. And so with all that money, I will never forget, I looked in the mirror one day, um, and I looked in the mirror, I was so depressed, and I went, is this all there is? You know, I have everything I could possibly want in life, and I'm not happy at any stretch of the imagination. So at that point, I reached for something outside of myself to make inside feel better, and that, at that point, was drugs. Um, and so I went down the, the, the substance abuse road for, it took me out pretty quickly. 
um, and within a year, I think I was out of a job, out of my apartment, um, just had ruined my reputation as far as what I was doing with the drugs and you know, going out and all kinds of things. I basically was a shell of myself. And it took me a good four years before I was able to pull myself out of that abyss of self-annihilation and self-doubt. Um, so I have been, you know, I've seen the highs, high, high, highs, and the low, low, lows. Uh, so low that I, I was suicidal there for a while. Um, so looking wow. back, and I can look back and go, did I do that? Um, <laughs> I, was at that place. I was in that place. Like, I understand people who commit suicide I, or who would want to. I understand how you can get so low you think you're not worth anything. I mean, this, this low self-worth I had. And I'll tell people something that people don't realize. A lot of people who are very successful or appear very successful are battling low self-worth because they're looking for the outside validation through what they're going through to affirm what they feel they lack inside. So I was you know, there. I, I was I'm going to jump person. in and say, wow, because the things that you're talking about are so compelling. There's so mm-hmm. many people out there that hit that, that, that line where you don't want to be they don't want to be alive. They, they, they just want to get out. And what they don't realize is this, is that's a permanent, you know, thing for something that's a temporary situation. And, um, and, and that's why you survived, because that was not your time. You had so much more to share as you're doing right now with the world to let them know that um, there's better things ahead. Hey, I have to step Absolutely in really quick, sure. too. I just got the Instagram. Thank you, Lee Grand, for sharing this show on your Instagram and to your followers. Hi, Lee Grand followers. Thanks for tuning in. All right, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> We're so happy. Yeah, we did the Facebook and the Twitter as well. Um, I, I would say that, too, Shay, what you just said was so true because I look back, you know, what, what do they say, suicide or is it as a permanent solution to a temp- temporary problem. Because um, I, remember, I remember the first time, and I don't want to go, I'm not, not want to um, romanticize suicide, but I remember the first time, I, I tried a couple times. Um, the first time, you know why I wanted to kill myself? The very first time, because I couldn't pay my rent. Wow. And, and let, me, let, me, let me just put it in perspective. Now, I couldn't pay my rent, because my rent was $6,000 a month. Uh, <laughs> so I had a $6,000 a month That's apartment. And, and I had just had this huge, you know, this huge apartment in Chicago. And I thought, oh, my God, I can't keep up with the Joneses. I can't keep my apartment. So I just thought I would kill myself. Now, granted, this is a, there's some mental imbalance going on here, too, as well. But the fact that uh, the normal person would say, you can't pay your rent. Find another apartment, right? You don't off yourself. You know, but that's yeah. how far gone I was. Um, and I did get some help, and I did get um, get some mental guidance and counseling and was able to pull myself and get medicated and all this wonderful stuff. But what, what happened was when I came, I'm telling a very short story, and it's all happened over a course of 15 years. But when I really came back to myself is when I realized, hey, you are all that and a bag of chips. You really, you still have four Emmys. You're still a very smart guy. You still care for people. Yes, you made some mistakes, but you don't have to keep beating yourself over the head and doing that self-flagellation that you, for yourself, that you're not worth anything when you are worth something, LeBron. You are powerful. You are a beautiful soul. You are a great friend. You are a good partner. You do care about people. You want to do meaningful work. When I start that, start looking at the negative self-talk. Now, we all have it. 
And we all have, you know, the, the things we say to ourselves that no one else knows that they say to ourselves. But I, what I learned to do was how do you give yourself a second chance and third and fourth chance, but also how do you practice self-care and self-love? And that is my biggest message today is that I am all about is this coming from a place of self-care and is this exemplifying self-love for LeGron? Because if you don't have the self-love, as RuPaul says, you don't, you know, don't love nobody yourself. How you go, how in the hell are you gonna love somebody else? Yeah. Um. So it it it, it, it that's kind of my um, mo in my life these days. So yeah. so in talking about overcoming your doubts and fears when you were going through that, uh, did family help at all, or you know what was that that moment that that really gave you that strength to beat it, beat the depression? Um, I would say family was, was, my family has always been very supportive and, and always there for me, but I didn't see that. I think I isolated myself from my family. So although they were there, I think what really helped me realize is I'm fast forwarding here. So imagine you go to Princeton, you go to work for Oprah, you win for Emmys, you go to work for NBC, you have a penthouse apartment, you know, and look at, overlook at Central Park, you have all the trappings of success. And then you go through the drug period, you lose everything, you lose your job, you lose your reputation, you go through all this drama, and you wind up working for $6 an hour in a department store in Miami Beach. Wow. That happened to me. So I went from $600,000 a year to $6 an hour working in men's fashion at Macy's in Miami Beach. And that was the greatest Thing that ever happened in my life. So not the yeah, Emmys. Okay, in 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 thinking of okay, so you were making a lot of money working with 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 Oprah, and you know when you got your Emmys and your awards, and as, it sounded like a successful life. But I think a lot of it is is finance management. You know the decisions that you make with that that type of life, and uh, you know, I mean, did you not make the right decisions on, on some of those perspectives? Well, no, I, I spent all the money I had. I, mean, I had savings, but here's the thing. It goes, remember I said earlier about self-care? Part mm-hmm. of self-care is taking care of yourself financially and yeah. making sure that you have um, assets in the bank and savings in the bank. I was young and silly. Like a lot of these um, young kids, you know, who get a lot of money early, they, you think it's going to always constantly come so you don't put it away. Nope. Uh, I'm, nope. So, so, I'm so not like this now. Like I said, I'm looking back and go, did I do that? Uh, <laughs> I did do that because... You it, need a little, bit more, uh, uh, that, a little bit more nose, I nose in there. <laughs> I, I want to say that I think that when you're young like that and you're making so much money and everybody's, you know, wanting to talk to you and be with you and hang out with you for all the wrong reasons... That you think that's going to go on forever? Yeah, you, I mean, you, you do. You see that it's um, not. You're not capable of 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 really, you know, dealing with it. Which is why my unbalanced self was suicidal over not being able to pay the six thousand exactly. dollars a month in rent. It's ridiculous. I mean, it's ridiculous now, but it's it's deeper than than financial wherewithal or or whatnot. It goes back to how much do I love myself? I care myself to number one, take care of myself physically, financially, spiritually, and emotionally. So you have to look at, am I practicing those every day in area, every area of my life? Now, of course, you're not 100% or A-plus in each category every single day, but your feelings and your emotions gives you clues that you're not, you, you have some way to go. So I was in at the department store, 
making the six dollars an hour. I worked there for about two or three years before I finally had the real, and I hated it. Of course, I hated it. You know, my ego would allow me to be working in this store because I thought I had ruined my life. And so I had the revelation, wait a second, you didn't ruin your life. You made some bad mistakes, you made some errors, but you didn't ruin your life. You can go back out there, give yourself a second chance, and go back out there to the world with the new lessons that you have for yourself. And that is what has carried me for the past 10, 12 years. Uh, when I started my own business, started working with consulting, started working with um, authors and speakers, and people were so glad to hear from me. You know, after all those years, I told myself, oh, my God, uh, no one wants to hire me. Well, the only person who didn't want to hire me was myself. I didn't want to put myself out there. But once yeah. I got over that fear, uh, and because here's the other thing, too, and I know you, um, Eric, and you say you already know this, is what I do is truly embrace the fear. Like, I get up each morning, and... I almost I, I have a kind of funny ritual, but you know I always give gratitude, but also say hi, fear. Nice to see you today. Let's go, because <laughs> the fear is not going to ever go away. People don't mm-hmm. realize that. Just the, the fear of something will always be with you. The fear of something will always be there. It is your friend. So well, you always get the saying, "Do the thing of fear, and yes. death of fear is certain." Yeah. yeah. So, so I want to I want to switch this up a little bit, uh, Lee Grand, uh, and and I mean, because you've had so much experience as a broadcaster, and and you're also a consultant, and you you're you're a speaker, you're you're an advisor, and I'm sure a lot of people that are listening right now would love to get some advice on producing on the media world. I, I know me personally, I'm that's what one of the main things we do. You know, what are some of your tips of success in in the media world? Well, as, as media has changed so much, I mean, where it used to be, you know, broadcasting, literally broadcasting, and now it's more niche, N-I-C-H-E, casting. Um, yeah. I always say, know your audience. Who are you talking to? Why are you talking to them? What do they want to know? Because a lot of times, just like being a salesperson, what you think your customers want is not exactly what they want. So you really have to know who your audience is. If you're producing a project, who are you speaking to and why? Hmm. And, and the, the more it's, it's changed, the more specific you can be in that, the better off, at least from the starting point. Then, of course, you, you can draw people to your show and all this other stuff. But I found with the media, um, for example, I used to teach a, teach a class called How to Be an Oprah. And that's changed. That changed. That changed it for me because I used to go around the country and everyone was asking me, basically, here's what, here's what I want to know. How can I get on Oprah? How can I get on Oprah? How can I get on Oprah when the Oprah Winfrey Show was on? And that has changed for two reasons. One, the Oprah Winfrey Show is not on anymore, but I venture to say that what people were really asking me was, how can I be my own Oprah? How can I have my message, my voice, my project heard and seen? I want to be seen by the world. And with the social media tools we have now, it's amazing. People are just going oh, yeah. out there and doing their own thing. But, but basically, it also boils down to who are you speaking to, why are you speaking to you, and what why are you speaking to them, and what do they really crave you for, what they really want to know that you can provide. Yeah, and that's that's and thank you for sharing that 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 with us because it's some great advice. And and you you were with Oprah for so long, and like I mean, you were with her for like a decade. And what do you think about it in in your shoes, being around her and actually being there? What do you think about the show 
and about her, about her brand. Why do you think it became so successful? And 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 today and now in in today's age, in today's digital age, how can people apply that to what they're doing? Well, I guess the thing I mean, I'm going to back back us up to like 30 years ago when Oprah first came on the air, <clears throat> and she was um, Oprah has been probably praised her success has come from being real or being authentic um, at at the core piece. And when I say that. It doesn't mean that Oprah or any celebrity doesn't have their own issues, their own personal things they go through. Because what we're dealing with a lot of times with celebrity and fame is people are looking at the persona Mm -hmm. and not the person. So the Oprah persona is an authentic, core, real, resonates with the women. Remember, she was America's girlfriend. I mean, Mm. back in the 80s, no one was talking about abuse and marriage issues and sexual infidelity and problems you had and there was never a black woman talking about that more much, much less than that we had Donna Hume at other shows so Oprah's success was initially that issue and she's evolved over the years to be more expansive more spiritual more loving more about holistic health for everyone I remember when I was there about I was not part of the first wave of Oprah producers. The first wave of producers were about five of them who produced the show daily. I came around in 1989 and 90, um, where the show was still, people forget, back then Oprah was doing, uh, my mom still my boyfriend, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. We were doing that back mm-hmm. in the early 90s. And then Oprah came to us producers one day and she said, listen, I cannot do this anymore. There's got to be a better way. There's got to be a way to reach people. And we all thought she was crazy. Uh, <laughs> we're, like, we're like, we're number one. We have 20 million people who get our shows every day. Why would you want to change it? But Oprah was so strong. Her show, she knew what she wanted to do, and she knew what she did not want to do. And she wanted to be a force for good. So when the show took a more, um, I would say, spiritual direction or a more... Um, holistic approach to wellness. She didn't want any kind of uh, people talking about dysfunction so much. She was, we were, she was said we, we're bigger than that. So her brand has grown over the years from starting that. Like when I worked at Oprah, I mean, she was definitely Oprah, but she wasn't Oprah where she had the magazine <laughs> and the network and all these other things now. Um, you gotta, you gotta do that again. You gotta say her name again like that again. That was Oprah, just funny. Oprah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, but, but yeah, so I mean, but you get it, but like to extrapolate and there's only one Oprah, um, but to extrapolate the lessons from what she's done I would, it would all go back to authenticity. And do your, does your audience feel that? Um, I would, I, for example, I don't begrudge as much as people do the Kardashians and whatnot and, and, and the new social media stars. Well, they're speaking to someone and people are appreciating what they have to say. It might not be for me, but their audience is appreciating what they're doing. So find your tribe, as they say. What is your tribe? Find them, speak to them, love them, and grow from there. Well, thank you. Mm-hmm. That that that's amazing uh, advice. And when when you said it that way, I, I don't know why I painted a picture of this giant Oprah like walking in a city and Oprah. <laughs> okay, anyway. but, but you know, I want to I want to I want to get into interviewing uh, like directly, like because you're a producer, 
and I'm an interviewer. Shay is an interviewer. There's a lot of people that follow us that have shows that are in media. What about uh, specifically any any interviewing tips? You know, what would you suggest for interviewers to be successful? Well, there's two, two schools of thought on this. I mean, there's the Barbara Walters school of thought. And what Barbara Walters used to do was Barbara Walters would prepare meticulously. I mean, so much so that I, I think on people I know who worked on her staff, that she would prepare like hundreds of index cards of questions. And she was always looking for that one question that would um, open the person up. That's one way to go on. The way that I myself use is I'm more an intuitive person. Yes, I prepare for an interview, um, but I really try to get the person to a real space of what I call a heart opener. I'm not mm-hmm. trying to. Most people come to the interview, you know, they're prepared, and even the interview is prepared, and the interviewees are prepared. Um, it's one thing if you're talking about live interviews versus, versus every, um, edited interviews, but in a live interview, I like to try to get to that person's heart as soon as possible um, because that's when all the brain stuff falls away. So for me, when I'm talking to people or interviewing people myself, because I've, I've done podcasts and, and work with podcast people as well, uh, you do want to get to that heart question as soon as you can. To get the person not off-center, but to their center where they're not speaking, talking, just talking points and just <laughs> information. Yes, you're going to get to that, but I find them, the best interviews are, are way more heart-centered and free-form for me but then like I said that's two different schools of thoughts you can prepare really prepare know your subject and it also depends on the type of interview you're doing if it's a news mm-hmm. interview you're not going to have so much heart right because a news <laughs> interview is about the issue at hand now a personal interview which is mostly what I do is about finding out what that person's about yeah. and how that will translate to your listeners or viewers uh, you know, this is great advice, uh, and I really appreciate you sharing everything with us. And so, how how are me and Shay doing? What, 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 on a scale of one to ten, you're since doing you're, you're great, we're doing pretty good. Doing All right, great. cool. <laughs> yeah, but I'm also you know, I'm also blabbermouth. So I'm I'm pretty easy. No, it's, I'm enjoying. I'm I'm loving it. I'm sure the listeners are too. Absolutely. You know, Lee, I have a question for you. Did you happen to know Paul uh, Basie? What's the name again? That ring a, does that ring a name? Because he was there. No, not at all. Before. Okay. All right. Oprah's, because, oh, remember, um, Oprah's also on for 25 years. So, I mean, she I did, know, he could have been the there. Yeah, just, yeah, I was there. Yeah, like, the, I would say I was early. more the middle period. I was more the middle okay. period. There was an early period, then a middle period, then like kind of the 2000 period. So if he came after That's that, I wouldn't know. Yeah, he's a great guy. He's out here, and he was in Chicago at the time, and... And um, he's a good friend of the family. So um, I just thought maybe you had an opportunity that you guys would have known each other. But uh, Yeah, I didn't uh, ring, a, doesn't ring a bell, but like I said, there's many different producers. And I, I was, I remember, I don't forget, I was employed, Harpo is Oprah spelled backwards. That's the production company, Harpo Productions. And yeah, I remember yeah. I was employee, I was employee like number 31. And okay. I think when, when, I think she has like, you know, at that point, then she had like a thousand some employees. So there's a lot of people who came after me. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I just, you know, personally, I just wanted to think, to tell you that I think your story is compelling. And I think the fact that you have the courage and the knowledge to be able to share it, because there's so many people out there that get to a point where they think life is not worth living. And yeah. that's just not true. And I think that what you've done is that every time you talk and you share your story, you're helping somebody out there 
maybe that's listening to you saying, you know, maybe there's a better way than what I'm thinking. And that's empowering. Oh, oh I'm, I'm yeah. loving this. I, 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 you know, Lee Grant, we're going to have to have you on... We're gonna to have to give you a segment on my show. You have so much, so much great inf- information, mm-hmm. and, and it's, it's you know my show is a very inspiring, self help, self motivational uh, show. It's an entrepreneur show. I mean, we do a lot of different things, very sporadic. You know, you were talking about people preparing. I don't do that. I don't know what preparing yeah. means. I this is a complete freestyle show. Shay never knows what I'm gonna do. You know, nobody ever knows, and that's I think that's a lot of fun. You grab out of a bag. You never know what you're you're gonna get, and and people kind of engage. And I think the more you can get people to engage, the more that you 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 speak real, and the more that you can actually forget that you're doing an interview, and you're just having a conversation. That becomes fun because people kind of feel like they're a part of it. Would you agree? That's absolutely that's absolutely true. I, but I do want to put a caveat caveat on that. I mean, there is there is some value to some preparation because what the preparation does do is it it allows you to have the information on how to open that person up. For example, I remember interviewing um, a celebrity for one of, my, one of my podcasts, and I had read some information about what her big thing was decorating and how her home was. And so I did a little research on what she put in her home. And when we started talking about that, when she realized that I knew that, she was she opened right up. So I yeah, wouldn't yeah. have known that if I had prepared something. So, I mean, like I said, it's a mixture of both. But Oh, no, general, totally. you you gotta, you got to do yeah. your research. I mean, I, I, I've done more research than you. I probably know you better than you know you. But I'm saying when you do it at the spur of the moment, it's just, it's just a little bit more open. It's a little bit more, you know. Um, you want to aim for a conversation and not an interview. That's absolutely yeah, true. Ex- exactly. But, hey, talking about self-help and what we were talking about before and, and, and health is a really important thing. We, we have our sponsor, uh, 247, uh, 247 Smart Life. And they have a gift for you, as well as our fans. And so we're going to bring on Jim. Uh, he's the owner, as well as Frank. Uh, and they wanted to say hi to you, and they wanted to give you a gift. So Easy Talk Live, we have Jim and Frank. Welcome to the show. Hello, Frank. Hi, this is Jim. Can you hear me? There it is. Yeah, hey, Jim, we hear you and, uh, and Frank. So, so, guys, we're on Easy Talk Live. Uh, Jim is the owner of two, two, 24-7 Smart Life, which is the king and water type machine, uh, healing uh, skin, uh, healing cream, as well as the TV, the smart TVs. Uh, I mean, they do a lot of great things, and they wanted to say hi to you, uh, Lee Grant. Hello, Jim and Frank. Hello, Hello Lee. Uh, very, uh, very uh, honored to meet you. Vice versa, <laughs> or ditto. <laughs> you know, I tell you something that is really inspiring, the grant. Um, and and honestly, what really really impressed me about just listening to you right now is your upfront honesty about everything in your life. And and I, honestly, very few people can actually come out and say, guys, here's where I've been, here's really where mm-hmm. I've been. You know, and 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 so so, man, I commend you, and uh, you know, uh, kudos to you, man. Thank you. So, so Jim, Frank, uh, you guys have your product, and and it's all about you know health and wellness and well-being, and and uh, I know you guys wanted to gift uh, Lee Grand, and uh, you want to tell him a little bit about your products and what you do. Oh yeah, absolutely. And uh, Eric, really, thank you for inviting us on this show. Um, um, for the last couple of days, I've been listening to your show. I'm I'm I'm, I'm totally impressed. Um, Smart Life is is basically a a, 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 a marketing company, marketing products that people use every day. Um, okay. Our, our, our most successful products right now that we can barely keep up with demand 
is our alkaline ionized water system, you know. And uh, the, the, the buzzword is out there, you know, from Dr. Oz to uh, uh, many, many, many uh, 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 professionals in the health industry. You know, alkaline water is now becoming the most important thing in people's lives, you know, as far as uh, detoxification, you know, adding antioxidants into your bloodstream to, you know, to get rid of your toxic uh, waste and, 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 and so on and so forth. And uh, our machine... Uh, and, you know, and typically those machines are very expensive. You can be spending upward of, you know, $5,000, $8,000 for a good alkaline machine because just the way, you know, the, the platinum uh, 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 plates that are in there and, and so on. We have been able to literally produce our own product with the highest quality, you know, of uh, components, Japanese, uh, Korean components, you know, that will literally stand head to toe with anything in the marketplace for a fraction a fraction of the cost of uh, what other companies charge. To, to, give, to give an example, you know, uh, you know, other companies charge, you know, $5,000, $8,000. You know, it's, it's, it's almost like, you know, half a payment for a car. You know, we come in and say, look, how much are you spending right now for your water? Okay, and most families of four or five people, they're spending an upward of 60 bucks a month buying water, bottled water, you know, and, 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 and so on. Well, we come in and, and we say, look, for 30 bucks a month, we can come in and we can give you the healthiest, cleanest, purest water your body can handle, you know, for 30 bucks a month. You know, we finance our system. And, uh, and then on top of it, we have a few other products that we're going to give you free samples of. Try it. Use it for your home. Uh, and, 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 and really feel the incredible effects of it. Yeah, and if anybody does want to uh, find out any more information about any of this, you can call 888-546-5167. That's 888-546-5167. And uh, Lee Grand, for you being a guest on today's show, uh, our, our sponsor, Smart Life, definitely does want to gift you uh, you know, some of this product, and I'll get you guys in touch. And, and, and we, this is kind of our appreciation as well as Smart Life's uh, appreciation for all the wonderful advice that you gave our fans and our, and our listeners. Well, thank you, because I mean, I truly do believe that is water is the most important thing, and I, I have been in this thick of great water lately, so I, I'm very appreciative for this gift. Oh, the, the, uh, let me tell you, I, I, I have been wanting one of these machines for years. Uh, you cannot have diseases or any sickness in an alkaline environment, and I, I just recently got one. I've been, I've been, I was using it. I'll be doing a live stream about it. This is one of the best ways to stay healthy. And you know, like you said, the, the technology is changing for television and producing, and, and it's live streaming. Everything's different now, and so they have the smart TV box as well. And uh, we actually have a caller um, that we're going to bring in here. Uh, Jim, don't go anywhere. Frank, don't go anywhere. But we want to give a call. Our callers their, their chance to talk to you, uh, Lee Grand. So we have Jessica uh, on the line. Jessica has a question. Welcome to the show, Jessica. Thanks, Eric. Hi, Lee Grand. How are you? Hi, Jessica. How are you? I'm wonderful. I just want to thank you so much for like for giving us all your insight and information. I really appreciate it. It is tremendous to sit and learn from such an experienced producer as yourself. What do you and want just, to know? Just because a, a host too. <laughs> I, I see you on social media, girl. Hey, you got Oprah's uh, uh, previous producer on here. What's your question? 
Yeah, so Oprah is literally my idol. Like, if I could think about someone I would want to become in the entertainment industry, it is her. She is so incredibly powerful and inspirational. She has just done so much for America. So it is such a privilege to speak with you. Um, I've been producing my own fashion show now for about five years. And I would like Mm -hmm. to know from you, from someone who's such an experienced producer, how do you become very well respected in the entertainment industry and to make a difference? (laughs) Great question. Big question, easy answer. Work, 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 work. Did I mention work, 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 work? It's actually not Come on, everybody work. listen and do that with us. It's like a song. Work, work, work. I feel like the, yeah, uh, what is it? That's a Rihanna song. That's a Rihanna song. Work, 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 work. No, it's actually, it's not even work. Um, it's Jessica, it's grind. The grinders are the ones who are successful because there's always going to be something that will, will pull you down or, you know, you got to keep, keep on going. And the other thing, there's two things, actually. Grinding, 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 grinding. And we mean that in a lovely way. But grind, and also you have to build the right team around you. So you can't do it alone. You can't do it alone. And too many entrepreneurs, it's one thing I kind of have for me is I burnt out. Because I, at one point, didn't rely on other people, was trying to do it all myself. You can't do it. You got to have the right team. So working working through it all, yeah, but also to build the right team. And to also understand um, part of the team building process is that the team you have now is not necessarily the team you might have tomorrow. And that's okay because we're all learning, learning our ways and all have different talents. You may need different talents at the beginning of your career than you'll need towards the middle or the end. So those will be my two biggest pieces of advice. And if you wanted to apply it to Oprah, Oprah had fantastic people. And I was one of the people with her. But it's not about tuning my own horn, but that she knew in order to be successful and to sustain success, she constantly brought in the best possible people for whatever she needed at that time. That's a good one. I mean, um, I think, like, because you know Oprah so intimately and personally, do you know what is, I guess what I want to say is what's special about her to make that determination? How is she so fearless in her decisions, and how does she make other people believe in her? Um, I, I, mean, I can't, I'm not, I, I can't speak for Oprah. Um, and, uh-huh. I, and like I said, I've spoken to Oprah and I know Oprah and work with her very closely. Um, but I can't speak for her, but I would, I would ascertain that, and Oprah would tell you herself, she has fears too. And she had doubts and every time she tried, she took on something new, she was scared. She was scared to do the magazine. She was scared to do the network. She was scared to, you know, have her own talk show because, you know, she was, that was never her dream to have a talk show. Um, but I would say that if I were to step into Oprah's shoes, I would say she would say you have to honor yourself and your intuition, that voice that speaks to you, that says, that voice and that vision that allows you to see beyond what exists now because we all have dreams, but a lot of times only you can see the dream and no one else can. And so I would say, I would venture forth that Oprah, and she said it herself in many interviews, that she always knew she was destined for something bigger than what she grew up in. And she held on to that uh-huh. vision. Not quite sure. See, the other thing about visioning, 
Um, and people talk about the law of attraction and all these other things, which I definitely believe in. But the law of attraction is not about sitting there wishing something to happen to you. It's about envisioning it, seeing it happening, but you actually have to do the work. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <clears throat> I, I would, I couldn't agree more. And Jessica, thank you so much for uh, for, for calling in and wonderful questions. And uh, we're going to be getting you some samples from the twenty four seven Smart Life. So uh, do me a favor and make sure you're writing this number down eight 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 five four six five one six seven. We'll get you some samples of this awesome product. Um, you know, we, we definitely appreciate your support and, and the uh, wonderful questions. We have another uh, uh, segment host that we bring in, and, and also too, uh, Shay. Uh, Shay, you're still there. I know. I know. Shay's so, so oh, quiet. Yeah. She's yeah. There she is. Uh, Shay, I want to introduce you to Jim and uh, well, you know Frank already, but Jim is the owner of the uh, the Smart Life Company. I've been telling you about, and and they want to gift you as well, and they want to talk to you. So Jim and Frank, you still there? Yeah, I certainly am. Hi, Shay. How are you? I'm great, Jim, and I was listening to everything that you said and really excited about uh, chatting with you. I think we share a lot in common. I think Lee Grant needs to come, too. We're doing a barbecue, man. We're going to all have to drink some water and and make sure that everybody's watching the TV and have some fun fun (laughs) with the products. We're going to hang out at Frank's house, and we'll make it a a, a big party, and we'll, we'll put it on live, on Easy Talk Live. What do you think? There you go. go. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) You you didn't say that, Eric, but thank you very much. I appreciate it. (laughs) I told you it's a sporadic spur-of-the-moment show. You you never know what you're going to get. Well, you're sending me some love again, brother. That's what you're doing. Yeah, man. You know, you've been a, you've been a great supporter. The Hub uh, dot com. Definitely check out Frank. Uh, I mean, we've gotten a lot of deals in business uh, with with Frank and and Jim for a long time. So, hey, Lee Grand, you're you're definitely welcome to come. Seriously, if you want to come, we're gonna do some great business together. You can meet Shay in person um, and get your water machine, get your get your stuff, and and we'll we'll live stream it. We'll show everybody how real everything is. And I got another surprise for you guys. Uh, we actually have, uh, and Shay knows them because he she was just recently on the panel that I hosted. Uh, we have Fred Smith. Smith, which is a business scaling expert. He's worked with John C. Maxwell, Tony Robbins. Uh, he's raised millions of dollars for dealerships and businesses. I mean, he's like the, the coach of the coach in the sales and, and, and marketing world. Uh, Fred Smith, welcome to the show, bud. What's going on, brother? How are you? Great show, man. Thank you, man. Hey, I'm I'm just learning from all these awesome mentors and people, and I'm just uh, you know I pray to God and I say, hey, be with me, and I just rock it, you know. And and so it's uh it's awesome. Uh, we're we're learning a lot of great stuff. We got everybody on. I I told the engineer, and they didn't agree with me. They're like, I don't know if I'd bring so many people. I said, yeah, no, let's just bring people on. When they call in, just bring them on. Bring them on air. Let's see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> but, but hey, so so Fred. But with what you do, man, tell everybody just you know, the short version of what you do and your experience. And I'd love to hear some of the questions that you have for Lee Grand. And, and uh, you, I know you've been listening. Yeah. Um, well, just what I do is, I mean, I'm just, as you know, been all over the world, for lack of a better word, just scaling up businesses, just uh, going from sometimes bootstrapping zero to $100 million businesses, um, just came back from doing a few things and uh, do mainly consulting right now. Just I, I diagnose businesses and I help them grow and scale. So that's what my expertise is. And um, I'm happy to say this is the first month that I've never been on a plane. So I'm pretty cool. He, he's, he's being modest. He forgot to say about 20,000 businesses and how much he's raised <laughs> them. But anyway, go ahead, Fred. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I'm just excited. I, it just definitely, um, as far as the, the the key, the key, one of the biggest key things that I heard him talk about was the uh, having a tribe. You know, you have to vibe with your own tribe. So, and and I think a lot of people forget that. So, what specific steps have you done as far as building your own tribe for your podcast? 
Oh, that's a good question. See, that's why I bring Fred on. <laughs> <laughs> Is that for me or for uh, for you, Eric? Lee, no, Lee Grant, that's for you, brother. Oh, that's for okay, you, Lee. Well, <laughs> well, let me actually, I'm going to tell another story that's counterintuitive. I actually didn't follow my own advice in the beginning. I, when I started my podcast, it's called Bold, um, and I, what I was looking for, I wanted to do a podcast that was fun, that talked about wellness and pop culture. And I wanted to like, look at things that were happening in pop culture that could be used as a, a uh, vector or pointing to wellness. For example, I love RuPaul's Drag Race, for example. Now, that, you would never think about RuPaul's Drag Race, a show about drag queens being something that's positive and affirmative, but it is. So, and so I, I, I like to do segments on things like that. So I, I started this show with all the best intentions, and I had lots of people coming in. Uh, I think we grew from zero, started literally started to zero, and grew to like about 50,000 uh, Twitter followers, and of course, it was about a nine months or so. So it was absolutely vibing with someone, but guess what? When I did an um, audience survey, and we actually interviewed and looked at who was listening to the show, it was women 45 and up. I'm like, why are women listening to my, I mean, literally, I was like, most of my, 60% of my audience was 45 to 55. I think 30% of the audience was like, you know, 35 to 54, somewhere in that, in that. And I had no idea that's who was listening to the show. So in that case, I didn't know who my tribe was. It was successful. But then I realized, do you want to just do a podcast that just speaks to people? Or do you want to do a podcast that speaks to people and makes money, Right. Um, because most of us are not doing podcasts just to hear ourselves talk. So what I had to do was regroup in that case and go, okay, well, what am I saying that is resonating with the women who are part of this tribe I didn't know I had? And so when I retooled the show to focus more on relationships um, and um, uh, how to deal with um, gender differences and that kind of thing, the numbers also shot. So I give that as an example to say I didn't know my tribe at first. But if you do know mm-hmm. who your tribe is, um, you want to, like I said, the key thing in advertising and also in looking at marketing is too often entrepreneurs and business owners, they think they know what their audience wants, but you have to actually go to the audience and find out what they want and how, critical here, how they want to hear it or receive it. So you mean you actually have me, to ask somebody something in order for it to work? You have to constantly be asking people. Exactly. You know, I think a lot of us forget that step. We think, well, here's what I want to do. Well, if you're working with a tribe and you're, working, you're trying to appeal to an audience, you really do have to be really connected to what they, what they want, right? It's mm-hmm. no. <laughs> Many people don't do that. They don't do it. I know. <laughs> you hit the you know nail on the head. That's an excellent you know point. You know what's interesting is that what you're saying about you've got to find out what they want because the truth of the matter is is that they're only going to buy what they want. They never buy what they need. So we exactly. keep thinking, oh, they need this, they need that. No, 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 no. That's not going to work. They want what they want. We have to find out what that is, and that's what we give them, not what they need. And, right, and, right. Mm-hmm. and then, and then what, once they trust you... And they know they're getting what they want from you. Then you can transition to creating, to make them realize what they need. And like, for example, what, we're gonna, here's a classic example of that. No one thought we needed iPhones, you know, 15, 10, 15 years ago. We were happy with the phones we had. No one thought we needed an iPhone. 
But the genius of Steve Jobs is that he created an environment and a product that became a need. So I, 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 think, I, I think you might have an antenna in my head because I just said that literally two days ago to, to a business owner. <laughs> that, is, that is an amazing story because there's a lot of truth in what you said. He actually created the market for it up to the point even now, long after his death, people are still standing around the corner for maybe one or two changes. Yeah, mm. yeah. So yeah. I mean, that's a big, big example. But yeah, yeah. The, the tribe is important because, like, I, I gave the example of what I did. I did mine backwards, um, and like I said, I a lot of times you find you learn through. I, I don't think it's just such a thing as mistake or as mistakes. I uh, heard this one time. There are no mistakes. There are no mistakes in life. There are only mistakes. So. You're doing oh, a, I like I like that. There's no there's yeah. no mistakes in life. There's no, mis- mis- mistakes. Mistakes. Like yeah, if you're directing a film, the actors yeah. they do take one, take two, take three. Now, no one thinks that the take that happened before was a worth. They just think they just keep going. So that's what life is. Every day is another take. And there's you know some take some things yeah things happen in our lives that we don't like. But you got to get back back up and grind it out. <laughs> Next. Absolutely, next, next. absolutely. And and then you answered the question. I just have one more for you because I know sometimes for for our time. Now, you, there's a lot of different marketing methods out there. As far as what attracted you to the podcasting, and and why did you decide to stay with that? Mm. Uh, I will tell you. Um, actually, I did some research on this, and what basically was I'm very busy, and I have a lot of client work, and I'm doing a lot of consulting work. And at the time, I just didn't have the time to do the video. Because video was what I kind of wanted to do, but I just didn't have the time or wherewithal. So for me, at that time, the podcasting was was an easier thing to do, and I thought that would be a more immediate approach. And at that time, I started this was like three years ago. Podcasting was you know was there definitely podcasts and things were big, and then serial had just started, um, but it was not what it is now. Because now podcasting is like is the thing people are realizing. It's such a personal experience. You guys know, do being in someone's ear. It's different from you're more way more engaged when something is you're listening to it, believe it or not, than when you're looking at it. So when I realized for me podcasting works and still works, most of my clients I'm actually producing their podcasts for them, and they love it because they're appealing to that person immediately. Video it's going to sound counterintuitive, but a lot of times with video people are distracted. It's just kind of on in the background, or they're only listening for the information. So it's a matter of determining which which medium works for you. So I plan on doing a video something soon, but only when I have the time for it. Lee Grant, no. um, I, I want to ask you an audience question. What do you feel is, uh, it, it could be podcast, it could be television. I mean, it, what steps do you feel are the best ways to, to take in building an audience when you have a platform like a, like a TV, a live stream show, or even a television show, or a podcast, or anything that you want to build that audience to then go get those sponsors? Uh, first thing I do with my clients and with myself, but when I work with my clients, I go, okay, what is it you want to accomplish? Because most of my clients, they want, they want like a million subscribers like tomorrow. I'm like, it doesn't work that way. No. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> or, or they want to buy Twitter. For, I had actually had a big argument, uh, argument, but I, I discussed with one of my clients the other day. She's like, why what? Just buy the followers. I'm like, that is not what you do. Don't want to do that. That's not real worst thing organic growth. Yeah. yeah. It's like, that doesn't help you. Um, but my thing about to answer that question is, 
is the content is king. If the content has value, so if you look down and you develop, let's say you want to start a podcast on, I'm, I'm making this up, on on breastfeeding, you know, for moms. You want to make sure that you have the latest information on that. You want to make sure that you have um, some history on that. You want to make sure that you have, like, say, like, especially if you're doing a podcast, that you have at least 30 shows mapped out in your brain or on paper that you know you have to work with so that your audience can identify with. On top of that, what service are you going to provide to your, your listeners or clients? Uh, so the content is king. And because we go through so much content these days, I mean, we go, I mean, think about what Facebook was or Twitter or like just a few years ago and how there's so much information out there, so much. And so people are coming to you because they trust you to deliver not only information that's informative, but also that's going to add enrichment to their lives. Mm. Yeah, great point. So if content is king, then what's the queen? <laughs> that that would question. be Shavon. Go ahead. Uh, <laughs> I would, actually, I would ask that. I would say the other thing to be mindful of is that things do have to grow organically, as we were talking about earlier. I mean, I would much rather have uh, 500,000 subscribers or listeners after, let's say, even six months or so than to have... 10, you know, 10,000, 20,000 people listening that, that you bought or whatnot. So, um, because you're, you're engaged followers, that's how you build trust. And as you guys have been working in social media and different things, what happens, you have to have the patience to let things grow organically because what happens after you reach a certain point, things then exponentially start to grow. Then you, you, you look, oh my God, where did these people come from? They came from you having the trust in the beginning to stick to your format and to stick to your content and to understand that things take time, but then when they do burst open, they burst wide open. I love it. Well, you guys, we got to, uh, Grand, don't go anywhere. Uh, I have a real special question for you that I think everybody's going to want to know the answer to. And I'm going to ask the question, but then we have to go to quick commercial break, and then I want you to answer it. Here's the question What do you feel the best way to capture, to hook, the audience when they're visiting your, your, your website, when they're looking at your product. All right. That's the question guys. We're going to go quick commercial break. This has been awesome. We got amazing people here on the show doing it the easy way on easy talk live voice America world talk radio, the variety channel. I'm your host, Eric Zuli with Shavon, and we'll be right back. The internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Aliens with Gas, we are the extraterrestrial rock show airing every Saturday afternoon on the VoiceAmerica.com variety channel. You know, I like to do a little searching and find some stuff online for music for the show, and I came across this. It's the Solar System song, man. I am the Earth. It's us. <laughs> Place where we all live. They don't talk about Pluto <gasps> and Nerubu. So I came up with my own Nerubu. Yeah, okay. Well, lay it on me. I am Nerubu. <laughs> oh, wait. Oh, I screwed it up. Let's do it again. Here we go. I am Nerubu. <laughs> oh, you got to stop laughing. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> all right, here we go. I am Nerubu. I've come to destroy your planet. I am big. I am Nerubu. That's every Saturday right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. News. News. Opinion. 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 Op
your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. You're tuned in to Easy Talk Live. To get in touch with the show, call us now at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Also, drop easy an email at easytalklive at gmail.com. Now, back to Easy Talk Live. All right, guys, and we're back. Easy Talk Live. This is the first time in history. I've done close to 40 episodes now here on Voice America, and I have never ever done an interview more than 45 minutes but obviously this is a really special guest and we are back with lee grand that lee grand the question was what do you feel is the best way to hook your audience so meaning if you have a product and you're wanting to hook them as a subscriber versus just a visitor what would you uh what would your answer be to that well it, one is video and then and then within that video not necessarily because what we t- People too often do is they go they they go how how something works. That's not going to get people invested. It's got to be why they need it and what it will do for their lives. So um, if you can create a video that can convey those what it does, but also why the listener viewer wants it, what benefits it has for their lives, and that's those are the two things. That's a good answer. So it's short and sweet. So obviously something, because people don't really want to read that much anymore. They don't, no they, they want to. Just... No one reads anymore at all. I mean, it's, it's amazing. I don't read as much as I used to, but people do not read. I don't either. <laughs> I, I do the same thing. If I go somewhere, I'm looking for a video. Where's the video? Where's the simplicity? You know, you're, you're exactly right. Um, so, so Fred is uh, still with us, guys. Fred Smith is a, a, a senior sales uh, expert, sales scaling expert. And if you guys saw the Spirit Summit, we had some amazing influencers, the CEO of CEO Space and one of the top branding logistics directors in the, in the industry and one of the youngest uh, studio executives, the founder of Ugg Boots. Uh, yeah, just so many amazing people. And, and hopefully, Lee Grand, you're going to come on my next panel, man. We need to, we need to keep, keep building and keep working with the audience. This is a lot of fun. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, so so Fred, um, you're going to be my co-host now. I now nominated you from se- uh, from from segment host to you, you're you're now promoted to uh, co-host, and so uh, feel free to jump in jump in anytime. Bring that corporate touch to the table. We still got Frank and Jim with us as well. So guys, remember you can get some free product from Twenty Four Seven Smart Life, and all you need to do is call into that phone number eight 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 five four six five one six seven. That's eight 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 five four six five one six seven. You can also text easy way, letter E, letter Z, W, A, Y, to the number 21777. Letter E, letter Z, W, A, Y, no spaces, to the number 21777. Uh, so we're back with Lee Grand, man. Uh, so we're going to open up the floor for any questions. And if anybody has any more questions, thank you, Jessica, for calling in. Thank you, everybody that's uh, listening and enjoying the show. Uh, the number is 866472 5787 So Lee Grand, um, you were talking about team building. I found that really interesting. What do you feel some of the best steps are in building your team? Um, one assessing what you need because I think a lot of times we don't we for example, I am a very creative guy. I'm a very much a big picture thinker. Um, but what I have had my greatest success with is when I have very detailed oriented people around me. They don't think like I do. 
they don't do things like I do. Like, for example, I, I, I can see an idea and I can I know it will work. But a detail person, they don't get it that way. They want to know every single minutia that goes into it. And I make sure that I surround myself with people who have, who compliment me or compliment the team that I'm working on. I work with a lot of entrepreneurs and they tend to fall in that visionary category. Now, some are really detail-oriented as well, but a lot of them seem to have, don't have, um, how can I put this? Um, they're mana-focused, which means they're, they're, they're going to succeed, and they are succeeding, but they may not have maybe the emotional intelligence, intelligence that really put something over. So I make sure that when I'm building the, those teams for those people, that I have the, the ra- well-rounded talent at the table. That's great advice, man. You are you are pretty savvy. So let's let, give you give you a chance, uh, Lee Grand, to promote yourself and your consulting services and your your business, uh, providing somebody might want to hire you or or get involved. Tell us about what you do as as far as business and services. It's so funny. My brother asked me that the other day. He he was I, I'm visiting home in North Carolina, and my brother says. I keep wanting to tell people what you do, but I don't know what the hell you do. <laughs> so, I would say as a <laughs> I get that media, too. Cons- I, 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 media consulting is what I do. So, But I would say it's probably more digital media consulting. So what I really do is work with my clients who come from very disparate fields. I have a clients in health and beauty. I have clients who um, run a spiritual center. I have a client who run a retreat place in um, Bali and in Costa Rica. And for each of these clients, so what I do is I, you come to me with a project, I ascertain um, what it is that you need to get your message forward. And most of that's being done through digital media now. Um, before, everyone wanted, to get, everyone wanted to get on television. Uh, my background as a producer allows me to see things a little differently. For example, I look at when you're trying to get a producer's attention, there's certain things you need to do that most publicists don't know, most people who work online don't know. And so I bring the broadcasting perspective to your project. Um, how would this play uh, in a bigger arena? How would this play in social media? So uh, basically, I, each client's different. Some clients, I produce podcasts for them. Some clients, I produce their, their, their video productions. Some clients, I'm kind of the business development person for media. So that's a short answer for what I do, which is digital media consulting. I love it. Well, uh, I I am going to definitely be talking to you, and uh, that's it's very important. I mean, nowadays everything is digital media. I, I remember when the uh, co-founder of E Entertainment Television, Larry Namer, um, said that I was helping to change the media world, and I really never understood what 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 he meant. But when I saw that how the media world is changing, and I know it so well, and that's what I what I do on a social media perspective. You know, consultants are everything. They save you so much time and so much so much heartache and so much effort. And so, guys, you have the ability to connect directly with Lee Grand uh, and and all of his experiences. Four time Emmy Emmy winner, uh, Oprah's uh, previous producer, senior producer. You know, so so we're giving you that uh, that option. And you can also go to EasyTalk.live. Where what we're going to do for you as well, Lee Grand, is is we can set a special blog up for anybody that might want to communicate with you, talk to you, maybe hire you. Um, Fred, you still with us, or are you just uh, I'm, being a fun? I'm still with you, man. I already know when you're on the roll. Just uh, I'm, I'm losing my breath, man. That's what a co-host is for. <laughs> <laughs> All you have to do is breathe through your nose and exhale through your mouth. You'll be just fine. <laughs> so, Lee, I definitely had a question for you. I was going to ask you because you made, you made a good point with all the content out there. So what uh, resources would 
the listeners need in order to help them decide what kind of content they should even be producing in the first place? Oh, that's a good question, but it's uh, broad in the sense that each person's different. But I mean, in order to decide what type of content, you have to look at how much time you have. Um, so that's the first question. Like, so when I was saying earlier why I didn't do video because it would take too much time on my schedule. So you have to look at what time do I have to produce the various things? You know, how often am I going to do it? Um, because you have to, the, the thing people forget is you, once you make a commitment, you've got to stick to it because your listeners, your viewers expect to see what you promised them. So if you tell them you're going to blog every Tuesday and have a podcast every Thursday, you've got to stick to that schedule. Yeah, um, and, uh, and that's what most people do. They 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 lack. They 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 back off, or oh, you can't keep it. Up. You need to look at that before you start, because in this day and age, you guys, we all know it. Um, you, we all have short attention spans, and so if you don't catch me, or if I don't see that you're going to be a, a valuable resource from the get go, I'm out. I'm out. Um, some, yeah. some, for example, with, with podcasts. Um, that is straight and now we're, we're, people wanted to once a week or whatnot. They want you to generally to have like about 10 ready to go. Like you have to have 10 from the very beginning because people kind of like binge watching, like how they binge watch TV, they're binge listening. And so you got to make sure you have the time to do whatever it is you set out to do. And if you can only do one a week, that's fine, but make sure you stick to that schedule. Mm-hmm. So really and that's why, that's why I went really, really broad because I noticed that when you talked earlier, you had mentioned that all day long. You said, and you, you really niched down to what was best for you. So do you for think me, as yes. a result of going? Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Because and you have to produce the content in order for somebody to consume it. So, do you, so as a result of going very broad in your, in your beginning, going to more specific, did you find that you attracted the exact same audience? And if you did, was it faster or slower than you could have done in any other way? It was, in my case, it was not the typical because I had a big audience to pull, to pull from, but I did have attrition. I did lose a lot of people, but I, my philosophy was I'd rather have a strong, dedicated core that's smaller than to have this big, broad listenership um, that is not appealing to what I wanted to talk about. So... Yeah, I think that answers your question for me. Yeah. So, yeah. So yeah, as, yeah. as far as audience yeah. goes, as far as audience goes, do you think it's better to have a, a, a big quantity audience or a decent quality audience as far as business? I, and Yeah. And I would always say, once again, counterintuitive, well, better quantity than quality. Um, and that sounds like that doesn't make any sense, but, you know, because when people are looking at numbers... People want to know what's the what's the most important thing with social media now. It's not even so much the numbers you have; it's the engagement your audience has with you. Yeah. So you might have a post, you might have like a post that like you know has a thousand likes or whatnot, but how many people engage with that post? You know, um, like uh-huh. commented and got involved, and that's what I think more savvy marketers are looking at now. Because the thing about working in the digital media, I know you guys already know this is that it's less so, but it's a little bit of like the wild, wild west. And so the new paradigms are being shifted and created 
all the time. Um, the numbers that, like, for example, before, I think, for podcasts and videos, people were going after the marketing model, you know, the, the um, advertising model that was based on television advertising. But that's not how podcasting works. They want to know that your audience is engaged um, and, and, and that you have the numbers to prove that. Mm-hmm. Mm. So what problem do you think? I, I have a question for Lee, if I may. Uh, Yeah, one of our market sectors, obviously, a sweet spot for us is the small business community. If you look Mm -hmm. at it it, over the last few years, it's really been uh, decimated uh, in this country. And, of course, any time you have a a slowdown in small business, uh, your customer flow, you know, starts to dissipate, you've got to find some way either to increase sales or reduce costs or you're headed out of business. With the advent of the smartphone, with the technology seeming to point to that direction as far as communications platform, how do you see digital helping a small business cut costs and, and you know, increase functionality? Well, that's that, that exactly what I do with my clients. I mean, that's exactly it. Because, like, what is your digital footprint? And what are you offering to people? Because, like, for example, things have changed so much that um, I think – this is true. Seventy percent of web traffic now is mobile. Comes from mobile devices. Mm. So clients who have like you who have very static websites that don't have offer new the, the the day of having a website and that being all you need is are, are over. Your mm-hmm. website has to be um, dynamic, not static. Um, your product has to be something that appeals to people. For example, I'll t- I'll work, tell you one story of one product I'm working on. Um, it's a beauty product. Now, yes, we are marketing it online. Yes, we have the website. And yes, we have a marketing consultant and whatnot. But what I'm actually doing with that client is we're building a whole community around inside, outside beauty and wellness that is independent of the product. Yes, we're going to have a million whatever listeners and, and followers we're aiming for. But that, that message of empowerment and inside, outside beauty is what will drive them to the product. So it's not so much product-based marketing, and here's a place for that, but more community-based marketing. So people mm-hmm. are there for the community, and they're there for the messaging, and they're there for the inspiration, and guess what? You know, we have this product as well. And my philosophy is if 10% of our audience buys it, we're, we're, we're totally in the black. You know, we're doing really well with that. So mm-hmm. it's just kind of a little shift. Because business owners were worried about getting people in the door, but you got to get people into your site and into your community by all kinds of big picture thinking. Like with the water right now, water is life, right? So you need to talk about the water itself, but also there's a bigger audience that you need to educate about why water and how water places to wellness and alkaline and alkalinity and all that good stuff. That is a message people need to be educated on. And of that people that you educate, a lot of them will buy the product as well. So it's just kind of a more holistic approach to, um, to marketing. I would say that marketing used to be uh, very linear, like from A to B, to, if you do A, B will happen, then C will happen. And now just think mm-hmm. that image of a linear a line. That's out. Marketing now is a circle. That so you've got to have all those points in the circle that keep flowing all around to keep people coming back 
for more, for more information, for more education, for inspiration, and here's the product. And it kind of keeps going around in a circle. That was a great so question saying, for the business owners, Frank. Frank, we have to get into the next segment now. The, the time, right, I'm, uh, sorry, uh, I'm sorry. It's, it's, it's okay, man. But the, the, that was an amazing question. And thank you so much, Lee Grand, for, uh, for the, the answer. We do have a couple callers. And again, this show is engaging. It's about our, about our callers. Uh, a couple questions for you, Lee Grand. And then we, we're going to be getting guys into our segment, uh, The Dark and Light Side of Hollywood, with one of, uh, Hol- with one of Hollywood's youngest studio executives, former Victoria's Secret model, uh, uh, Viacom, Paramount, you go. It goes on and on. Summer Helene will be bringing her on here pretty soon, and I'll make sure that you get to meet her as well, Lee Grand. But we have. Uh, I hope I'm saying this right. Naisha, Na 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 Naisha, are you there? Ma- Maisha. Maisha, sorry, Maisha. Welcome to the show, Easy Talk Live. Uh, you're calling, and you're uh, d- talking with Eric Zuli and and uh, our wonderful guest today, Lee Grand, one of uh, Oprah's previous senior producers and four time four time Emmy winners. What's your question today? Hi, how are you, Eric? I'm wonderful. How are you? Hi, how are you? Uh, To your guests as well. Um, I was calling because I wanted to know what do you recommend as far as marketing a, like, fundraising type of campaign? Um, I have a fundraiser campaign going on right now. I just started um, raising money to go to an orphanage in Mexico. So I wanted to know what do you recommend as far as that goes starting out? Good question. Okay, Lee Grandy, that's to you. My first is, is that, is that question to me or Lee Grandy or both of us? Oh, well, both of you. <laughs> well, Lee Grandy, you're the guest, man. I'd love to hear your answer. Well, I know I, I've had a limited experience with, with um, fun, uh, crowd fundraising online, but what I've discovered is the same, some of the same things that apply. What's the messaging? Um, because um, people, why would they want to give, number one, and what is uniquely... Uh, suited to your story or to that story of the orphanage that will touch people's hearts. Um, and once again, the video is key to that as well. Um, and then a couple of the other social, for crowd, crowd fundraising as well, I would, crowdfunding rather, I would say you have to have a plan because a lot of people just go out there and they just have the idea and it, put the video up and then they wonder why the money's trickling in because they didn't think through all the little steps that it would take, you know, what's the story, what, we, what what's the appeal, how can I differentiate myself, so we're not just asking for money, per se. Um, and then another piece of it, it, a little bit of planning is, you know, having a little bit of the money raised um, before you start, because the campaigns that start with zero, you have to, it's people like, it's like priming the pump. They have, people want to contribute to something when they realize it's money already been contributed. And I, I, I would like answer that. that. I would answer that by incentives. Uh, the more you provide incentives that uh, get people to want to fundraise, like raffles and, and auctions and things like that, uh, find sponsors that appreciate the cause, appreciate the fact that they can get tax write-offs because it is a nonprofit cause, and provide trips, cruises, uh, assigned uh, material, assigned paraphernalia from celebrities, and and create ways to bring in a social media audience and and uh, you know emails and te- you know text message campaigns and things like that but when you provide incentives people want to donate to be able to get those incentives even though the cause is great people do want to get incentives so thank you so much for calling in Maisha. you're awesome we appreciate you listening thank to the you. show thank you guys so much you're quite welcome and we also have ryan torres on the line he has a question for here on the easy talk live for ryan torres welcome to the show 
or we don't. Ryan, you there? Okay, we have Kaya. Kaya Jones has a question. Kaya Jones, welcome to the show. I mean, Kaya Redford. My bad. Kaya Redford. Uh, there, is, there is a Kaya Jones. And yeah, no, I know. Kaya her. Jones is a friend of mine from Pussycat <laughs> Dolls. I, I, I keep getting you mixed up with that. Kaya, Kaya Redford, Redford's on the show, guys. He's one of the top 10 uh, success NLP coaches in the world. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to this question. What question do you have, Kaya? Uh, what, well, you know what, Eric, what does it take to be Eric? That's my question. Oh, uh, man, you, you get one question here for our guest. Uh, you, yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, question for the guest? Yeah. Um, a, on what topic? Because there's so many different topics. Well, you know, the, the, the topic is freestyling today. So, you know, I'm going to give you some time to think about that question, Kaya. But, you guys, Kaya is okay. a superstar himself. You need to definitely check out Kaya Redford, krsuccess.com. Uh, he, he coaches the presidents of all the banks and all the big real estate companies, and we're proud to, to work with Kaya. Um, but uh, so, so guys, this, I mean, I don't even know what to say. This has been one of the most amazing shows. And, and Legrand, thank you so much for your time, you know, and, and, and all the all the, I mean, we're going to have some fun together, man. I mean, we, you got to think about this. We met each other at the California Women's Conference. We really didn't get a chance to get to know each other that much, but I think there was a vibe. I think there was a feeling there. You know, like, we're both good people. Let's kind of see what's up. And, and I, you know, you took a chance. You came onto the show. Hopefully, you had a, you had a great time, and I'm looking forward to building with you a lot more. Uh, but before you go, we're going to bring on Summer Helene. Uh, I'm looking forward to introducing my good friend, Summer Helene. Summer is a legendary studio uh, distribution guy. You know, she just distributed the Gal- Guardian of the Galaxy and Star Wars, and she knows the industry. And, and our, our previous show, we were talking about how the industry, and, and I'm sure you, you can agree with this or disagree, but Summer was telling us on how the industry is really looking for that next new talent right now. They're really looking for that next new hot Kim Kardashian or that next new thing. And, and so, Summer Lean, welcome to the show. What, what's, what's the, the dark or the light side of Hollywood today? Today is not quite as much fun as... Uh Last week, we just had uh, Nelson Ellis die. He's one of the True Blood stars, and oh, he actually no. had some stuff slated. Oh, no. So that's, that's, that's kind of the kick, and then Stanley's wife died, and Stanley's uh, last Comic-Con is going to be here in Palm Springs. To the, the doom and gloom, dark dark side of Hollywood. Yet, I want to introduce you to Lee Grand. We're, we're, we've been having such a good time. It was such a such an awesome vibe. So we'll we'll set that to the to the to the end. But Lee Grand is actually Oprah's uh, uh, senior previous producer and four time Emmy winner. I uh, met him at the California Women's Conference. I've had him on the show this whole time now. And so, Lee Grand, this is Summer Helene, one of my best friends for 14 years. And she's one of the she's one of the youngest studio executives in Hollywood. And she's in line to running one of the next biggest biggest studios. So this will be an interesting conversation. I know. We're, we're in negotiations for that right now. <laughs> um, hi, nice great. to meet you. Nice to meet you, too. So uh, I know Eric usually brings me on and we talk about uh, everything Hollywood and Hollywood got a bit of a kick in the teeth after the uh, summit. Um, We were kind of starting on the back end because of Brexit. It's really affected filming in Europe and then Trump pissing off the rest of the world as he's managed to do over the weekend, uh, over the week, um, just made everything a lot worse. So we've actually had two cancellations. We've had to pull out filming the Han Solo film, which is being shot, shot by uh, Ron Howard. Um, that's had to be stopped because we can't use Europe and we can't use the Middle East and we can't film in a lot of places we need to film. So we kind of got to kick in the teeth. 
So, so Summer, um, you, you're, you've been in television, and, and uh, you know, Lee Grant's been in television for, for years and years and years. Both of you guys are veterans in the, in the television world, and we have listeners listening right now. Uh, I mean, I, I'd love to get in, involved in a, in, a, in a topic when it comes to, to you know, creating – Lee Grand, Lee Grand was saying – if I say Lee Grande one more time, I swear. Lee Grand was saying um, that it's all about the content and from the content what you do with it. Uh, what's your opinion, Summer, on, on, on creating content and then uh, making that successful as far as being a producer? Um, I, I have to disagree, but I come at it from a different standpoint. I look at product Uh-oh. placement, marketing, range, and distribution from a little different uh, standpoint. One of the best films I've probably seen in the last 10 years was a film called Look Who's Back. It's a German-language film. It made $25 million U.S. Uh, just at the U.S. box office. It cost $3 million to make. Should be a smash hit. But unfortunately, it's a German-language film. So no matter how good it is, you might be able to find it on Netflix. It's not going to be a smash hit here. But you can take foreign films and make them a smash hit. It more has to do with your distribution advertising deal than it does with anything else. You can have the shittiest film in the world, but if you have a decent distribution deal and decent advertising, that makes all the difference. And if you have a big company backing you that's put money into it, like Coca-Cola, that's existing deals with certain uh, studios like Fox, they have a vested interest to make sure those films do well. So it's always important to partner with bigger name companies that are already associated with whatever studio you want to distribute through. Lee Grande, what's your opinion? I, 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 I did not just—I I did not just say Lee Grande. Right. I, Lee Grand, sorry. <laughs> No, she's absolutely right when it comes to films. We were talking earlier about just a social media content and what drives viewers. But regarding films and most projects, it's all about the marketing. That is absolutely correct. Social media is really taking over in a very large way. Even Facebook is getting its own channel and creating original content now because there is no real market for them to expand. So social media has taken a very large step into the film industry, which has kind of rattled the film industry. They're not sure what to do with it. But I agree. Still it's all live streaming now, and you were saying, uh, aren't isn't the FCC or somebody uh, the, trying to take over the the actual streaming and the internet portion? Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I I, so, I noticed this. Uh, let me let me throw this out there. So I was I called uh, you know I'm not going to mention that. Well, yeah, well I called Cox Communications, and I use Cox Communications for my for my TV, and I noticed that a lot of people are now going to internet thinking that they could save money on on television. But I, when I called them yeah. and I and I tried to do that, I noticed that they are doing the data thing now. And they're getting smart where they actually, they, they said, well, okay, you can, you can cancel your television and you can go internet, but if you go over your data, that can cost, cost you more. And so it seems like the television companies are getting smart now on how they can salvage their television and it's, it's, because everything's going to internet. I mean, I can t- totally that, see that. That has to do with the back end of the net neutrality issue. We talked about this on the show before, where if you are forced to compartmentalize what you can access in certain areas and what comes to the top of your streaming, um, they're getting more bold because it looks like that is going to go through. It's being done by an executive order at this point. So the way television works and the way data works, if you're just talking about how you receive it, in, every, in a certain area you have access to certain, uh, certain companies. In my area you can get Verizon uh, and that's pretty much it. We don't get Cox here. You're a cox, but you don't have a lot of choices of people who will service your area. Well, on top of that, the content streaming into your area 
if we have if the net neutrality issue is not handled correctly, we're going to go back to a different way of doing it, which means the content you're accessing on top of that is going to be um, is going to be selected for you. So I could be sitting here, you can be sitting there, we can both Google the same thing, and we're going to get a result that is generated an algorithm. Well, what's going to happen once this changes, you're not going to get that same result. You're going to get the paid promotion and the people that can move to the front and slower connection to the people that can't afford it, which affects uh, the content you can see because it really heavily affects people like Troma, my friend Lloyd Kaufman, um, that owns Troma. Is, is furious about this because he's really kind of a niche, um, a niche home. So the reason they're doing the data thing now is there is no competition, so why bother? That's a little out of my realm, and the other reason I know that's because of the bloody net neutrality thing. But, and oh, Lloyd wow. made me read a nine-page essay, nine page essay on this. Well, I figured um, they'd have to but, do something because I know all the all the television companies are like losing a ridiculous amount of business towards towards the internet. Uh, what, what's your opinion, uh, Lee, Lee Grant, on this on this topic? Well, it's funny. I went. What do they call it? Cutting the cord. Um, I did it as an experiment about a year ago for three months to see if I could. I, could I, love, I mean, I watch TV for work, but I have I've not had cable for about a year and a half now, and like I don't miss it. So I, I see why they're up against it because people, especially millennials, they they don't even even look at cable. So they've got to find ways to try to make money. Although to be honest, I don't think it, it won't last. It's a short term solution to a bigger problem. Mm. I absolutely agree. They're fighting. It, it's they're, they're fighting the tide at this point. The problem is, um, cable television is going to. It's going to have to move to the internet, and it's going to have to move with the times, the same as the movie studios do. And those that work with will do well, those that won't flounder and die. The reality, and I have to agree with you completely, I haven't had, I, I don't remember the last time I had cable. I watch everything online because there's nothing I can't access. Yeah, everything. Actually, same thing. Everything I watch online. Damn, yeah, it's amazing. There's, there's no point. I'm, I'm actually and running out of content. I, I watch Netflix all the time. I, I think I'm on my, like, 18th uh, show and, and watching season after season. But what happens when you, like, watch all of the everything that's on Netflix or whatever it is? Then then what happens? See, you watch them no again? Way, there's no way you can watch everything that's no, on exactly. Netflix. The amount of content. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's not going to happen. Well, okay, okay everything that's lifetime. good, all the good content, because not everything's good. But, again, not going to happen in this lifetime. They keep adding. The reality of the situation, though, is... The internet controls all media now. Like it or not, we choose films based on what's going on online. So the fanboys control the internet. So you're going to find more fanboy content on Netflix. And let's face it, fanboy content is better than the Kardashians and the rest of the crap that I make and my friends make. So um, (laughs) you're, you're going to find that content actually improves because of the access and because we are doing things based off of online interests. So, Summer, I'm getting an email question. Um, how do you get on Netflix? How do you get content on, on, on Netflix? Is there any, any tips, any secrets? Because I know you can't just call up Netflix and, and do that. You, you call to... me. Well, there you go. You call me. There you go. Well, why, why, why am <laughs> I not on Netflix now? I've known anywhere. you for 14 you years. Me. Why is my... No, that, that's not cool, Summer. You can get things on Netflix and I'm not on Netflix yet? I can get lots of things on Netflix. I can get lots of things on Hulu. I just finished a deal with Nickelodeon. I work with the theaters in Asia. I can get anything anywhere. 
The Lee Grant, is, I think we need to get up on summer here. That's not cool. I've known you for like 14 years, <laughs> and I, I, I'm going after channel after channel, and Netflix has been like a goal of mine. And I, I okay, fine. I, and the next month, I need to see Easy Way on Netflix. So I'm, I'm, I'm sick of my fans after you if you, if you don't do that for me, because you just admitted that you can get things on Netflix or Hulu. I'll, I'll I can get Hulu. things on Netflix. Hulu, Hulu works. <laughs> I'm <laughs> just kidding. Hulu's good uh, too. I, I would go. I would go with Hulu before Netflix. Don't judge me. Um, for that kind of content, Netflix because the you need way. something. Netflix, well, Netflix the easy way. That doesn't pay well. And God bless them. I love their business plan, but they don't pay well. So I, I think we all to. need to get together, Lee Grand. You, you and I need to need to co-produce. Uh, you know, uh, summer. You know, we, we we need to co-produce a show. Well, I think I, yeah, I got a golden ticket here. I'm so glad I met Summer. <laughs> oh, totally, man. You you have no idea about the easy way. Summer, tell tell Lee Grand about the easy way. He he doesn't know yet. <laughs> what doesn't he know? There, there's a lot of things about the easy way. Eric knows everyone. As funny <laughs> as it sounds, and if Eric doesn't know someone, he knows someone that knows that someone. That's the easiest way to explain it. <laughs> I may I may not look like much, but I know a lot of people. No, I'm kidding. Um, but no, you know, it, it's 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 just a movement that we do, and and a lot of people have gotten success, a lot of success about it. And uh, you know, um, Lee Grand, you were saying something earlier, and, and and you hit the nail right on the head, mainly, which is just you know, when I said you know, what do you think made Oprah as successful as she was? You said just being real, just being what it is, and and that's 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 me. That's the easy way. That's our our easy way family. We we're always real. It just it is what it is, but, and. We, Oprah has a unique ability to connect with the audience, and she hit at the right time. You have to remember when she came in, there were shows that existed like Murray, you had Geraldo, you had all of these shows that people connected with the audience, but somebody was real. Because Oprah was heavier, because she connected with people, and because she came from a poorer background, she was more relatable. And she was far more relatable than like Sally Jesse Raphael, who has a background in journalism, to the woman sitting at home who's looking after her kids, tired of dealing with children, tired of childish interaction and doesn't have an adult to speak to. Oprah spoke to the audience like she was in the room. So people connected because it gave the adults someone to speak to when they were trapped in bed in a hospital, when they were trapped in a nursing home, and when they were trapped at home with their children. She connected in a way that nobody else has, ever. Well, That's then I guess I'm going to have to follow in those footsteps, and I'm going to have you to figure should. out my, my specific niche. I want to show. No, study no, Oprah. Yeah, she saying. speaks like a preacher. Pardon? What were you saying, what saying also, it's also not only that, it's also timing. Because if Oprah came out now, she would not be the huge success that she... No, how long? Yeah, because, it, you know, it, it was came a out timing. Right time. Yeah, you know, it, you know, there probably will never be another Oprah like that again. Um, but people will have their I, own little the, fight films that they, they, they understand. Yeah. But Oprah tapped into something that not a lot of people realize. She spoke the way Tony Robbins does. She speaks the way these motivational speakers do. If you listen to Oprah speak, she speaks like a preacher. And she draws people in. And that's what makes her incredible, the ability to connect the way she speaks like a preacher. And you're right. It's all about timing. But she came up against uh, Marie, Geraldo, Sally, Jesse, Raphael. She was not perfect. And she owned it, and that's what people loved. When she lost weight on her show, she actually lost weight for a good period of time because people couldn't relate to her, believe it or not. Um, but then she launched Dr. Phil, and she launched another relatable human being. Oprah, she la- Oprah, Oprah launched Dr. Phil? I didn't know that. Yeah, Oprah it started as Dr. Phil on Oprah, and then he, she, he started 
Uh, she started his show, and then he started The Doctors. So Oprah really, and they're all Harpo. Oprah is the most impressive human being, at least one of the top ten we've had in the last three years, simply because of her ability to connect with people. And you're spot on. The timing of her show was perfect, but she'd been in news, she'd done a lot of these things, and she didn't fit well there because she was too relatable and too real. But once she moved her into this format of the talk show, which was popularized in the 80s, she'd been everything. And it started as a small show in Chicago that was only for the region, and it went national. Oprah yeah. was catching lightning in a bottle. Well, the guys, and this is, uh, this, this is an, uh, I think, one of the most interesting podcasts that we're going to come across because we got some pretty interesting people on here. And this is a small taste of uh, the show that me and uh, Shavon are going to do. We're going to do a show that's uh, kind of like, we're, we don't know exactly what we're going to call it, but it's, it's like it has to do with a panel and who's going to be on the panel. And we're going to give you guys the opportunities to ask your questions, to learn what you want to learn, to talk directly to these influencers. And uh, Lee Grand, we invite you to be on it. Uh, Summer, I know you'll definitely be on it. And we're going to do this live. Uh, in person, visual. We're going to do a lot of real fun stuff. And, uh, you know, you guys are, are, are beyond amazing, and I appreciate you guys. Uh, I want to get to the NNN you know, point I, of the can show. Can I cut in really quickly? Lee, what are you working on right now? See, so this is Summer's way of getting the business done. All right, all right, go ahead and answer the question. I won't do my segment wait, today, you, Summer. That's okay. So, <laughs> what are you working on? What am I working on? Um, yeah. Well, a couple of different projects where we are launching digital um, products online, and I'm working with the clients to produce a can first that will support the product, not but not for the product, but for the for the actual community on web. Yeah, yeah. I found that that works better with especially social media. No one wants to hear like in just your product. There needs to be something else attached to that. So um, I help my clients develop that process, and a lot of Production and podcast is very different thing. Okay, so, so I'll, I'll get I'll get you guys connected somewhere, but I got to get into the triple N segment. Okay, and, and I'm trying and to steal him as a producer. So just I know I know you are. Head. I know what you're doing. I'll hook you up. We're we're gonna make we're gonna do it the easy way. So guys, uh, we're doing a new segment now. It's called it's called the triple N, which is no negative news. And this is a, a particular story I wanted to share with you guys. Uh, this dad asked for celebrities to wish his son happy birthday, and they actually did. Okay, they say living well is the best revenge. And one young man from Leeds, England, is kicking off the ninth year of rising far far above the haters. It all started on Thursday when a man named Christopher Hope Smith of Leeds, England, tweeted on unusual requests for his four celebrities to wish his son, Oli, who had recently been bullied at school, a happy birthday. Strangely enough, anyone uh, know anyone famous? This is what he tweeted. Anybody, anybody know anybody famous and well-known who could send Oli a positive ninth birthday message? Uh, Hope Smith wrote on Twitter where he goes by the handle uh, Hope Hopeless Smith, uh, the bully keeps saying to him that every O has. He has built bi bigger, better, more often. O excitedly for his birthday, but keeps being told it won't be a, a good as his own. So Hope Smith added, I would be so grateful and appreciative if it could be just an odd request. Just would you, uh, love someone to tell him, you know, happy birthday and, and, and what bullying is about. And the Internet did what it does best. 
favored, retweeted, and sent by Darn Tweet Viral, and just so happened to cross with the past of several celebrities who were more than happy to wish Oli a happy birthday. Uh, Ellen DeGeneres, happy birthday, Oli. Remember anyone who tells you that you aren't good enough is just plain wrong. Now, this is coming from a dad just randomly asking for celebrities to support his son, Oli. Russell Crowe, hey, Oli, heard it was uh, your birthday, nine, nine years old, huh? Congratulations, happy birthday. So today's own Dylan uh, Dreyer had uh, to get into action, uh, posting up, uphold birthday signs, orange. This thing started kind of going viral, and uh, this this is just amazing how I just wanted to kind of point out how these, these influencers got together for a little kid and his birthday just random off a random tweet. So hopefully, guys, this inspires you, and, and don't be afraid to, to, to reach out. You know, because you never know what's going to come back. You never know what's going to what's what's going to happen. And so that's today's uh, NNN uh, no negative news uh, for today. And uh, you know, hopefully that's uh, somewhat inspiring. And this whole show has been beyond inspiring. Um, Lee Grant, I'm going to definitely pick your brain. We'll go behind the scenes. We'll do some introductions back and forth. We'll make some things happen. Um, and we 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 were we were just blessed to have a lot of your advice. Summer, your advice was great. Fred Smith, you've been you've been amazing. Our our sponsor, 24 uh, 24 Smart Life. Dot com, uh, Hilo, uh, and Shayvon, of course, my, my awesome co-host, all the callers today that came in with uh, the awesome questions, and anybody else. If you guys have any questions for Summerlene, myself, Fred, uh, our, our guest, Lee Grand, you know, we're going to set a blog up later. We're going to do some live stream, live stream panel stuff. We're going to definitely give you guys the chance to interact, and uh, this has just been such an amazing show. So, Lee Grand, thank you so much for your time, man. I, I, you know, hopefully, we, we get this continued, and, and uh, you know, we're, we're just going to make it happen. The easy way man hey can, so before i let you go can you do me a favor uh lee grand say hey lee grand this is uh the former producer for for oprah four-time emmy winner and i'm doing it the easy way give me that little shout out please hi this is lagron green the former senior supervising producer of the oprah winfrey show and i am doing it the easy way yeah 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 all right thank you so Perfect. much this so, so you guys are amazing. I love my audience. I love my listeners. Thank you to Voice America, World Talk Radio, Variety Channel. Thank you to Summer Lean, by the way, too. I'm going to throw the story out there. You know, I'm involved with Voice America because Summer and her show. And I watched her show, and then I, did, I took it upon myself to go network on social media, meet the owner, get a relationship, and now I got my own show, my own channel on, on their television program, and a partnership with their new influencers channel. So it shows you determination and networking and what it, what it, what it can do. Summer, you're amazing. You're great. Uh, I love you guys. Thank you for doing it the easy way this week. I am just dying right now. I feel like I'm in a sauna. I'm going to take a picture of myself, and I'm going to post it and show you how much sweat and how much I went through to, to make sure this, this show was quality, and, and it, it's just a blast and, and 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 again lee grind i want to point uh, out that this you're the only guest i've ever had on is this long and and uh we really appreciate the time i mean do you realize that you've been on for over two hours or close to two hours and we does it, does I, it feel I, like I, been- I, I see that now I, and i thought it was a 10 minute <laughs> interview <laughs> well good to show you we're doing these world right. records exactly exactly <laughs> All right, so Lee Grand, you've been great. Uh, Summerlean, thank you. Fred Smith, and like I said, uh, thank you, everybody. I love you guys so much. Keep doing it the easy way. Stay tuned next week. Next week, we got a really awesome guest. We have uh, we have a kid that's uh, that's ten years old, and he founded a charity. He's helped hundreds of thousands of 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 of, of mouths he's fed. And uh, I mean, we, we're going to have some really exciting guests. And if you guys want to be on the show, you can email us at easytalklive at gmail dot com. Easytalklive at gmail dot com. You can call us at uh, the the phone number, download our app, text Easy Way. I mean, there's a million 
million ways to get a hold of us. We are very accessible, and sometimes we're not. It all depends on who you are and what your heart's like. Uh, love you guys. I'm your host, Eric Zuli. Thank you again for all the listeners. Please share this uh, broadcast. Uh, amazing, amazing information. And this is Voice America, World Talk Radio, Easy Talk Live. We'll catch you guys next week. Love you. Thanks for listening to Easy Talk Live. We've got more fun at easywaybroadcasting.com. Join the mobile family. Download the Easy Way app at easywaymobile.com. Tune in every Saturday at 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific for another show with Eric E.Z. Zuli on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a great week.